You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was the nicest movie about a whorehouse you ever did see. One of the top grossing films of 1982, the best little whorehouse in Texas emerged so radically different from the original Broadway musical that it has almost erased it from memory. With the story rewritten into a romance, allegedly per star Dolly Parton's request, scene stealing turns from Hollywood pros, and some extremely lavish outfits, is this an instance where the movie actually improves on the stage musical? Did Dolly's added songs help or hinder? And just how many gay boys were thrust into an early adolescence by that Aggie shower scene? I'm Mark Pikert, a chicken shit sheriff in a chicken shit town, and this is Movie Musical Madness. Y'all come back now, you hear? And now, let's give a rowdy Texas hello to the best working girl today, Deputy Drew Drogi. Hi, Mark. Oh, Drew, I was unbelievably delighted that you love this movie as much as I do. I love it so much. No, I, I saw your list and I was like, please, nobody else take Best Little Horror House in Texas because it's my favorite. It, it's one of my favorite uh, movie musicals. And I, I've i seen it. Gosh, I, I mean, I probably have seen it, I want to say, like two or three dozen times. Oh, easy. Yeah. I grew up on this movie. Yes. Which is shocking. My right. mother wouldn't let me watch MTV. Right. No, same. It was like, there was something about it. I think because Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds were in it that yeah. it was, I remember, I, this is so crazy. It's just coming back to me. Every month you would get the, the HBO guide of like what movies were coming and it yes. was on the back for the next month. And I remember seeing that graphic and it was all painted and beautiful and seeing Dolly Parton on it, and I was like, I have to see that movie. And I called it the best little warehouse in Texas when I was a kid. I was such a, I was such a clean little child. I had no <laughs> idea what I was watching. But there was something about it that it's very innocent and beautiful. Did you know that it was a Broadway musical when no, you started watching the movie? Was not as a kid. No, no. I don't think that I knew it either, which is strange because right. I grew up in small town Texas. My grandmother's actually from LaGrange, the town with oh, the real chicken ranch. Wow, okay. And her house was set down back from the road. And so she would, when she was growing up, she would have all of these men driving up to her door, knocking on the door. And her father was the Presbyterian minister. Oh my God, you're kidding. And so these horny business guys would <laughs> knock on her door looking for the chicken ranch and it's the minister's house. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. And how Texas is that? It's the most No, Texas. y'all, whorehouses down the street. We're the, we're the, we're the church. <laughs> nice to meet y'all. Have fun. But I mean, we, we had it, I think we taped it on a VHS tape from oh, yeah. HBO or something oh, sure. and just watched it over and over and over. And totally. it wasn't until when I was in high school, I think I started, uh, in small town, Texas, well, mm -hmm. in all of Texas, they have history fair. 
okay. like science fair, but nerdier. Okay, sure. I'm <laughs> sure I would, have, I would have been all over that in North Carolina. So I, I, I did history fair uh -huh. and my history fair project was Marvin Zindler shedding down the chicken ranch. Oh my God, I love it. And so I did all of these like primary sources and went to the old Newsweeks and the Life magazines. Oh, awesome. And so I fell into the whole musical because right. the book, so the musical is based on a Playboy article by Larry L. Right. King. Yes. And then they did the musical, he and Carol Hall and Peter Masterson, uh, Mary Stewart's father. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And they did the musical and then he wrote a book called The Whorehouse Papers about the making of the musical. He doesn't come across great uh -huh. in the book. Uh -huh. uh, he was particularly perturbed that basically so many homosexuals won at the Tony Awards. Really? Uh, he was so upset that uh, the best Ojoras in Texas lost the best musical Tony Award to Sweeney Todd. Oh, what? I've never heard of that. No. Sweeney what? Not Bessel, familiar. Bessel Horos was the <laughs> triumph story of 1979. But so the show oh ran. Oh my God, hilarious. The show ran for over a thousand performances. Right. Like it is one of those shows that has inexplicably disappeared and isn't really talked about, like they talk about a revival every now and then, but people don't really people know don't the know show. People don't know it. I've actually never seen it. I've never got, been able to catch it. It's such a hard musical to do. It's a giant cast. Yeah. Um, the Aggie number alone is, I think, eight minutes of just men very beautifully and very erotically dancing in the, you know, from the, the game to the showers to the, to getting on the truck to get to the, to the chicken ranch. It's a, it's a hard, hard show to do, but I know that like I have the soundtrack of the, the 1978. Yeah. So I, so it's Carlin Glenn. And it, it was Miss Mona. And it's, yeah. she was a very different character than Dolly Parton, right? It She's was in a wheelchair. Oh, Miss Mona's in a wheelchair. Wait, what? Yes. That's insane. Yes. Well, that's a terrible idea for the lead enemies. I mean, you know. Well, she's tired. Well, no, but like, there's no she's reason why she's an old whore. Has, so she's be dicking from, from the secret garden. Like, like, put her in a wheelchair. That'll work. Um, so I don't. I just want, I, cause I have this script also, cause I'm that nerd. I was in high school. Oh. I would go to Samuel French and I would go on the catalog and I would order scripts of all the musicals <laughs> and, and would call Samuel French when I, you know, from Lincoln to North Carolina and act like I was interested in like perusal material, the possible productions. And I would get everything and I would have, cause I could get grease. I got little shop of horrors. <laughs> I got, you know, so, um, pump boys and dinettes. Like I got all the Samuel French musical books that I could and best little Horse was one of them. And it reads like she's so tough. I mean, she's and there's oh. even a line in the musical where she, in the in the stage show where she screams at one of the girls and she goes, "Get that Dolly Parton wig off your head." So it's like she's really not at all like Dolly. And she is not a warm, no matronly. No, no, no. Figure. It's more like a Margot Martindale. It's like how oh. it reads in the yes. book. It's like it feels more like that. It's like if August Osage County were about a whorehouse, <laughs> which I'm all about. Like, I would love that. See, I would love that too. Like I don't know. I, I would love to see it and I would love to see it staged really darkly and everything. Cause I mean, oh. cause Ed Earl is not, they're not really romantically. Not I mean, at all. He has a song at the end it called like, she's a good, good old, old girl, girl or yeah. something. And it's so, ugh, it's so painful. So I did a community theater production. I was a faggot, an Aggie. <laughs> and I did that dance. I don't know how oh, oh, I have no God. rhythm. We're going to walk yeah. and stomp. Uh, I didn't actually <laughs> sing that song uh, per popular request. <laughs> I lip synced. Throughout the entire production. Oh my God, you're like me in musicals. Yes. The musical director will come up to me like in, in group numbers and go, can you just mouth the words? We don't need your voice here. Uh, and uh, I not was, a joke. I was in Good Old Girl and then I was asked to depart the number. <laughs> because, 
One, I was so bored I couldn't disguise it. Oh, it's and a horrible two, song. So, and so the very for anyone who does not know the stage version, the the basic premise of the show is uh, Miss Mona is running the Chicken Ranch Whorehouse in small town Texas, and sh- two new girls have just arrived to start working there. And so they are our introduction to the workings of the chicken ranch. And they're not in the movie, right? No, I think they're their not. names are Angel and Shy. Yes. How, how did I, I'm literally not looking, I promise not looking at notes. This no, is how I'm very impressed. much a nerd I am about the show. Angel okay, and yeah. Shy. And then they have a makeover song called Girl, You're a Woman. Oh, right. I love, I love that song. I, when the horse beautiful. started, pretty soon, you're going to look a lot like, like me. You're a woman. Oh, it's so good. And then newscaster Melvin P. Thorpe is on a crusade and so he shows up and gets the chicken ranch shut down. The sheriff goes to fight uh, to fight the, the closure with the governor of Texas. Mm-hmm. The governor's like, ah, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't do anything. I'm a politician. That's your little sidestep. Right. That's right. Right. And then uh, the whole whorehouse shuts down and all the girls are so sad and they sing Hard Candy Christmas because this is mm-hmm. what I'm obsessed with. Everyone thinks that Hard Candy Christmas is a Dolly Parton song and it no, is not. It's no. a Carol Hall song. Yes. Right. Yeah. So then runs and runs and runs, uh, wins Tony's for Carlin Glenn and Henderson Forsyth as sheriff, the sheriff and Miss Mona. Mm-hmm. And then movie. There's going to be a movie. So the original was directed by Tommy Toon and Peter Masterson. Right. And yes, that's right. Tommy Toon did this. And Tommy Toon yes. choreographed. And they were hired to direct. And they, there were a lot of people they were looking at. They were looking at Barbara Mandrell. Oh, wow. They were looking at Crystal Gale. They were looking Whoa. at Chris Christopherson. Okay. Oh, because of Star is Born. They, yeah, 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 totally. And then they landed on Dolly and they said, okay, well, if we have Dolly, let's get Willie Nelson to be the sheriff. And I think Dolly pushed for Burt Reynolds and Burt wanted to sing. And somebody said, oh my God, have you ever seen him in At Long Last Love? Oh, <laughs> That turkey. Don't let him Wait, sing. At Long Last Love. What is that? It's, I'm, it's Madeline Kahn. Sybil Shepard, no, uh, Eileen Brennan, Sybil Shepard, Burt Reynolds, Peter Bogdanovich. They oh. all sang live on set. It's oh, a Cole Porter-esque. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, totally. That'll be another episode. Oh, yeah. Of course. Ooh, that gobbler. Just like turkeys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so Burt wants to sing. So they're like, oh, my God, we don't want to do this. And then the rumor is Dolly Parton had Peter Masterson and Tommy Toon fired. Because and she wanted she got Colin Higgins who directed Nine to Five. Oh, okay. There to come in and direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Burt Reynolds has this amazing quote where he was like, "Oh, Dolly Parton's very self-deprecating in public." <laughs> it's amazing the power that that woman has and the and the business savvy that she oh. has. I mean, truly, like I mean, I, I, as as sharp as anybody. Like I mean, just but the fact that she knew. I mean, also like for her to do that and then go, all right. We're going to do Whorehouse, and it's got to be Burt Reynolds. It's got to be Colin Higgins. Yeah. And just to know, like, how to elevate that. I mean, or just change it for her. I mean, she definitely, because I don't know if she made the, if she if they improved on the stage show to make that movie, but they definitely made it a lot more of a crowd-friendly, like, yes. they made it a hit. Like, it would not have been a hit had they done what they did on stage. I can't no. imagine. And I love, I love the focus on the two of them mm-hmm. and they've had this long uh, standing affair and sneaking around is a great song. Oh, it's I a perfect love, song for Burt Reynolds voice. I love sneaking around. So there's, do you know about the song that got cut? 
that Burt Reynolds no. recorded? No. So he recorded this real snooze fest of a song oh. where he's just standing in an empty field. I think it's called Where Stallions Run. Oh, okay. And they cut it, rightly so. Uh-huh. And then when it aired on network television, they had to cut so much of the movie out. Oh, oh right, It right, wouldn't right. even fit in the two hours with commercials oh, running time, uh, so uh-huh. they had to add it back in. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because remember when it would air on like USA all the time, when USA was like the racy totally, cable channel with totally. silk stockings. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And they would, so they would be racy, but they would also dub so much. So at one point, Burt Reynolds says, you paid $25 for those? You got screwed. And you see his mouth say screwed, but what comes out is someone else's voice saying gypped instead of screwed because oh God. Oh, God, forbid, God forbid the best little whore else in Texas has screwed Oh, I know. Oh. We have whore in the title, but don't say screwed. <laughs> so I have to ask, one of, my, one of my obsessions as a child with this show, there were several. One was when one of the girls stands up on the key change of Hard Candy Christmas sitting astride the railing of the gazebo of the porch. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know what you're talking about, yes. One is Dolly Parton in her lingerie coming out with a rifle. Uh, absolutely. In fast motion. In yes. Like, yes. Yes, exactly. Ready to like, shoot and take some names. Oh, absolutely. And one of them was with Theodora Van Runkle's costumes. They're so beautiful. When you're introduced to Dolly Parton with her red peep oh, toe heel. I know, at the top of the stairs. Holding her skirt up and then drop the skirt and then slow pan up all of the sequins... Bob Mackie couldn't work for a year after this movie. (laughs) I mean, I know. I know. And it's just, and also how they captured that time. There's something so early 80s about it and so Texas about it as well in the costumes. There's, there's, the colors. There's an almost ignorant excess to it Mm -hmm. before it became Mm -hmm. Dynasty. Mm hmm. Where it's, just, it's very Texas is totally. no, the bigger, the better. My hair needs to be higher. Absolutely. And this is, and, and, and they're pageant, they're pageant girls that, you know, oh. and it also, you know, it, you know, you never felt sorry for any of these women that were there. They, they no. you love, they loved being there. Miss Mona loved them. Um, you know, and, um, is it Teresa Merritt? Is that the woman who's like also works, who takes care of her? Her, her name is Jewel. Oh yeah. Show. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's Jewel in the, in Jewel in the too, yeah. yeah. They cut. Co- now that's a great song yes. in the stage show, 24 Hours of Lovin' that yes. she has in oh, it's so good that she and Mona have together. Well, she um, yeah, she and doesn't she have another song too? She has 24 Hours of Lovin' and she and Mona have No Lies. No Lies is the thing. Okay, that's what I'm okay, that's what I'm okay, yes. And No Lies is basically, oh, I'm sorry, do you think that life owes you anything? It yeah. doesn't. Don't hand me that. Mm-hmm. Sad self-pity game. Oh yeah, it's so good. And then but then 24 Hours of Lovin' is just pure art like it's so much fun it's so good so it's so weird because this is a musical but i don't think about the i don't think about songs uh-huh. with this movie that right. often i think right. about the aggies dancing sure bare assed in the oh, shower God. which i just discovered prepping for this conversation there is an extended cut of that number oh that has been reconstructed oh okay uh, with additional shower moments <laughs> There are more naked butts in the shower. One of them gets slapped in the shower. And then that sequence ends with all of them holding bars of soap and squeezing them so tight they fly out of their hands. What? And they all smile at one another. Oh, my Lord. And then there's more dancing with towels after that got cut. And then they all, like some guys in the back, rip their towels off and then slide under other guys' legs like on their towels, naked on their towels. I mean, here's the thing. 
that is 100% my aesthetic for like <laughs> what I find so sexy. And I still think the cut as it is in the movie is long. Like I can't imagine. I mean, and I would love it, but it's yes. so insane. It's like, at what point are you, you know, are, are you just going like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I mean, at what point is it like family guy when they're like, we're going to double down on this. We're going to commit. Like, we're just going to keep going. Cause it's crazy how long it is. Like even for a musical, like, it's oh. just like, and it's just pure dancing. Well, it's <laughs> so much dancing. And then they all pile onto the bus. Right. So this is what I'm obsessed with. It's just like, let's spend as much time with these horny football players as we possibly can. Right. They pile onto the bus. The bus gets a flat tire. What are they going to do? And then that old farmer oh, yeah. drives by <laughs> with his truck full of hay. And then you have that beautiful shot of all of the Aggies oh, like yes. popping up with their yes. hats it's against incredible. the setting sun. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is, we were talking about so many movie musicals of this time period. No one really spent the time to make them look good. Right. Because it right. was not a great time for filmmaking for, right. uh, for celluloid. Right. Yeah. Celluloid wasn't looking great. Right. And this one is gorgeous. I know. Everything is like jewel tones. You've got the, that amazing setting sun when Ed Earl goes to confront uh, Melvin P. Thorpe. Right. All of Dolly Parton's costumes, that scene where they're lying on the, by the river when they go camping. Oh, it's so beautiful. I was just going to say that. That scene is so, is so gorgeous and so like, and lovely between them. They're so natural together. When Apparently when they, the whole thing about Jesus and Mary Magdalene was ad-libbed. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's perfect. It may, it all, it all, it like humanizes them and it's like, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's funny to think about like it was right after it would have been after can't stop the music, which also has an extended shower scene uh, in, in that. And then Annie, I mean, all the movie musicals around that time were like, not good. I mean, like they were just like, not they were fun. So, they weren't fun. I mean, I argue, I think Grease 2 is a masterpiece, but it I'm is. trying to think of like what else is from the early 80s. There were so many movie musicals because everything was still trying to be Grease. Well, it's like Xanadu, which is awful. I Roller mean, Boogie and terrible. The I mean, Apple. Like, the Apple, which is amazing, but separate. also horrible. That's a separate conversation. Right. I mean, the Apple is like cats. You know, it's like, you know, it's one of those you're like, it's so bad you have to watch it. But um, and so European and so strange. But like there, yeah, there were so many that came out around that time. They were all trying to do that. And yeah, like no one puts whorehouse in the category with all those other things. No. I think, think people think of it more as a movie or a comedy or a, yeah. I, yes. You know, and part of it is it's genuinely funny. It is like Annie and, isn't funny, but you have no. Jim neighbors, you have oh, Charles and you have, Durning and you have any, uh, Dom, Deluise. Dom Deluise. and mark my words. One day I will play, uh, Melvin P. Thorpe. It is a dream. When people say, what are your dream roles? I'm like, I always say Melvin P. Thorpe. In do Desolate you really? House. It is. A dr- I want to do it so badly. I, I cannot sing, but I could do that. I mean, like, it's yeah. not, that's not hard. And I just am obsessed with that character. And a lot of it is I love Dom DeLuise so much. I mean, there are very few people that make me laugh. I mean, in every Mel Brooks movie, he can be the most homophobic character. And yeah. I'm crying laughing. I, I don't know how he has the ability and how he has the agency to do that to me. But I find him like brilliant. And that, that scene with Burt Reynolds where he's like tucking and like, you know, he's stuffing. Yes, he's, he's stuffing. Oh my God. Talk about the nuts. <laughs> Full nut. <laughs> not nook bi- nut bits. No, not no. nut chunks. Full nuts. And that stupid like page boy awful wig that he wears. I mean, it's just, Oh, so... it's like it's ripped off. Oh yeah. 
Oh, I mean, that scene in the state capitol. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So there are so many moments where you get a catharsis in the movie mm-hmm. that does not exist in the stage version because right. this is the Hollywood fantasy of this real-life story. Right. Because all of this is true. Like, there was a, a brothel called mm-hmm. The Chicken Farm, really, but then uh-huh. it eventually became The Chicken Ranch because uh-huh. everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, and it was run by Miss Edna. Okay. And Miss Edna had a bit role in the stage musical. Okay. Oh, when they do the, when they do like the 20 fans yeah. at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, when the predecessor passes on the property. Right. Uh, and then Marvin Zindler was a real Houston newscaster who I watched growing up. And his big thing was slime in the ice machine. Oh. And he'd go to restaurants and uncover like corruption and graft. And he apparently loved the stage version because the stage version really talked about how he was going after the chicken ranch because of possible mafia connections. Oh, because you that's know, not in the script that small we have. Small town Texas. Oh, oh, sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the mafia loves yeah. small Lagrange, Texas. Yeah. They that's really their stomping ground. Yeah. But the the version that that at least that, that you can get now, like in print, is very similar to that character is very similar yeah. on stage. Well, and maybe it was just the emphasis became he just wanted to shut it down for media attention. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And he was he was always adamant that he didn't do it for media attention. Oh, uh-huh. Because there were no prostitutes or sex workers in Houston. Of course not. No, not no. not pristine Houston. No, my goodness. That's and where also, I grew up. It's all those are always the people that have a Rolodex full of hookers on. I mean, it's like, how many, I mean, come on, how yes. many, you know, a newscaster in seventies, Houston, please, please, honey. <laughs> uh, but there, so there are all these moments of catharsis in the movie where you see Ed Earl knock out Marvin Zindler or uh, Mar- Melvin P. Thorpe. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see him, the entire town rooting for him as he's shooting his gun in the air and right. telling off. Mm-hmm. Melvin P. Thorpe and yes. pushing him into the fountain, right. which then comes back and bites him in the ass because he gets look at him. TV. Look, he's on TV, y'all. <laughs> um, but it is fun how like the whole movie, like the town is on the right side, like is is like yes, everybody loves the uh, loves the chicken ranch. Well, and she made a point. She sponsored all those little league teams, uh-huh. which is also in real life. Oh, she yeah. did. Sure. And then she tried to buy a retirement home in LaGrange. And they said, oh, here's your deposit back, honey. It was fine when you were working here, but we don't want oh, you living really? with us. Really? Yeah. Wow. Poor Miss That's Edna. like the worst. That's like the, that's the weird reality of the South. It's like, they love that. That's like, you know, I'm hard to put that into words, but that's way more what it's like. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, as long as you're playing by the rules and you're giving us money, you know, and like, so, you know, we, uh, we'll be real nice to you and whatever. Uh-huh. But then like, yeah, we really don't want you here. No. Um, Although she apparently only watched the girl's sheets once a week. 
Oh. So. Yeah. History will decide. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, so if you had to choose a favorite moment in this movie. Oh, boy. Or one that you revisit. Because I find myself going to clips frequently. Mm Mm-hmm. To cheer myself up. I, when I was in second grade, I was singing Hard Candy Christmas to myself on the school bus because oh. kids were mean to me. <laughs> of course. Probably because I was singing you, Hard probably Candy Christmas. Probably because you were singing, you know, you're going to you know, have some apple wine or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, there's so many. I mean, we haven't even talked about I Will Always Love You. Because, I mean, that's a dolly. That's a, I mean, and that's always a, that thing where, you know. People remember that as a Whitney Houston song, but it, yes. was, it was a Dolly Parton song. Yes. It was almost an Elvis song. I know. That was another thing I was going to say about how Dolly, how brilliant she was. That yeah. Elvis wanted to buy I Will Always Love You, and she wouldn't give it to him. And right? Isn't yeah, that yeah, and, then, yeah. and then And then so years later after it was in, because she wrote that for the movie or she put that in the movie? Later? No, she put it. She had written it. That was how she told Porter Wagner she wanted to break up. Gotcha. Okay. Their business so, partnership. So it was a single before it yeah. was a mo- okay before the movie, um, <clears throat> and then I guess for the bodyguard, what was that like ninety six or whatever? Then ninety two something early. 90s. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> then so Whitney, she gave it to Whitney Houston, and then you know, and she said she laughed all the way to the bank. Yep, yep. Ugh. And both versions are great, but I'm so partial to the Dolly version because it's I just so connected to that movie, and I think it's so beautiful the way she sings it, and it's just so simple. In her gray suede cowgirl outfit yes, with the fringe yes. and the little hat. Just, I mean, she's and the just talons. Like, and on the <laughs> and on the porch, just like really like means it. It's so beautiful. I, so I think this movie proves that Dolly Parton is a great actress. She's a phenomenal actress because I she does think she's wonderful. And she does everything in this. Yes, she sings. She's funny. She's mm-hmm. warm. She breaks your heart in that scene where she's sending the man that she loves away. Oh, Ed Earl, I've loved you since I was 16 years old. No, but it ain't never going to work. Oh. It ain't never going to be any different than it is right now. Oh God. It's just, it's, it's everything. Tearing up. Just do I know. But my performance was very moving. <laughs> and then, but she's also really sexy too. I mean, Sneaking around is a really like is a really sexy number. She's like, just in the lingerie. So, they're so like I'm like oh I get it I totally get it with both of them. Uh, I hit I learned how to hit pause real <laughs> fast when Burt Reynolds came out in his little bitty oh, black uh huh uh, with the silver snaps the silver snaps that's uh. what the little silver snaps are for. <laughs> um, I know I was so mad every time that the who shows up is it it was it Deputy Jim Fred. yeah he shows up and ruins it for him. Um, I guess the thing I watched the most is um, her opening number, "Little Bitty Pissant." I mean, that's the one that I will put on because I just think it's a great song and I love watching her like explain the rules of the whorehouse and oh, I love yeah. the rules. Like first of all, they're just good life rules. Absolutely. Uh, don't lay around in bed all day. You don't make money. Right. And Brands belong on cattle. That ain't what we're selling at Miss Mona. That's right. She pays the food, the rent and the utilities. I often, every time that I get a new magazine job, I will play that clip for my staff. Oh my God. And just be like, so this is what's what? <laughs> and any questions you might have about the way um, I run this place. Another good song for that, just as a sidebar, speaking of nine to five, the stage musical of nine to five, which I don't love, but the song that um, Alice and Janney or the, the Lynch yes. are called around here. Yes. That's another great, like I love rule songs. I love like, rule songs and spelling rules. songs. <laughs> what about that? What like boring part of me, like loves, like, you know, like <laughs> somebody with a clipboard coming in and going, here's how it's going to go. 
But I love that. I love, there's something about that that I find very satisfying. But also what is so great about that number and Hard Candy Christmas, which I want to talk about in a second, is the way that it's filmed. This is a director who had never done a musical before, and it is a great musical movie. And so many of the ones that we referenced from the era, like Annie is not a great musical movie. It's horrible. I mean, you have... You have legends. You have three of my yeah. favorite people ever, and uh, you know, I mean, Easy Street, yes, Carol Burnett, and Tim Tim Curry, and Bernadette Peters, three of the greatest forces of nature who've ever walked on earth, and they're amazing in it. And Carol Burnett gives a truly masterful performance. Yes, but the movie is terrible. Like it's it, it falls apart. It's so boring. It's times. grim. I hated the little girl who played Annie. Sorry, hot take. <laughs> she was, drove me crazy. Even as a child, I was like, oh, I hate Annie. I want the villains back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Oh, about- oh, I've always, I was always the kid on the side of the villains. I was same. Like, yeah, I was I was like, oh, Aurora seems like a real pill. Where's Maleficent? <laughs> yeah, totally. She should prick her finger on that spinning wheel. Absolutely, she's putting me to sleep. <laughs> Dinner at the table. Kill more, Freddy Krueger. I'm on your side. <laughs> kids are idiots. <laughs> but I mean, one of the reasons Little Bitty Piss and Country Place works so well is one, they're. It's world building, which yes, I love. I yes. love a world building mo- sure, moment. And sure. two, it takes you through kind of their day. Right. Like they all right. come and they have breakfast. She's yep. going to ring that bell. And then uh, here's what I love. Mo- <laughs> here's what I'm secretly obsessed with, with this movie. All of the secret inner lives of Miss Mona's girls. So when she's walking in the third verse or in the final verse, and she's talking about pimps and don't talk behind her back. Mm-hmm. And you see all of one, one woman is doing aerobics. One woman is <laughs> photographing another woman, like as an amateur photographer. Oh, right. One right, woman right. is playing the flute or the violin, <laughs> maybe both. And one woman is just sunning herself with one of those aluminum oh, folding. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So that, and then at the end, when you see all of them packing to leave, and you get a glimpse into all of their personal styles right. and how right. they choose to dress on their days off. And so you have my favorite who has the cowboy hat oh, and like yes. the little jacket. And I think she's apple wine. I think uh, she's gotta be apple wine. <laughs> she's apple wine. <laughs> but then there's another one at the end who has a dream catcher on her sweater. Oh, uh, this is all coming back to yeah. me. Absolutely. Yeah. And so she's just walking, but also there are three who live in like an outhouse somewhere in the back. Oh, okay. Right. Right. There's another smaller, uh, add on. Uh-huh. Where these three women have been working. <laughs> and so all they of were sudden, in trouble. You see, <laughs> they, they had to work their way into the big house. <laughs> they were chewing gum. They had to sit out in the back in the outhouse. That's what happens when you break one of Miss Mona's rules. You go to the little house where you just share a bed. Yep. Don't even get Sorry. your own. <laughs> Work your way to the good graces again. <laughs> but all that. And we're talking a lot about, like, it's a Dolly Parton film, and we watched it a lot growing up. And I think that that was true for a lot of people our age. Like, this was just a, the Dolly Parton movie. Right. Like, you would watch this, 9 to oh, 5 would be on. Sure. Then Still Magnolias eventually would always be on. Absolutely. But it's so sexy. I know. I know. In the sequence building up to the bust when Melvin P. Thorpe and his news crew break in and expose everyone with cameras and filming it. There are threesomes. Oh, yeah. There's drugs. Yep. I think that's what that is. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it definitely implies that it's all happening there. It yeah. looked like drug paraphernalia. Sure. Um, that one, the the governor, no, the senator is being tickled with a feather duster. Yep. Which is. Well, it all feels very much that same, like, 
early 80s, like that penthouse aesthetic, like yes. that sort of vibe that everything has that sort of hazy, like desert rose sort of sexiness to it, <laughs> yes. you know? And it is also like caramel colored, like, you know, and like mauve. And there's something so like... Um, Sensual. Yes. And like all those late night Cinemax movies kind of had that vibe, like Emmanuel. Yeah. Oh, and so this, Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, absolutely. And so this movie like totally copies that aesthetic and makes it, bright and fun at the same time yeah. but, but it doesn't forget that this is what's happening like you know? it, it almost feels like it's in slow motion or they're yeah. underwater like there's a languid yeah. feeling to all of it totally that i'm obsessed with yeah. and also those guys are so hot i know i know i mean just hot in a way that guys aren't anymore like now everyone is just like i have an eight pack and i have the lines right, down right, my right right no no, and no no body hair right and, and these guys I, I were like, miss the natural. I, I love body hair. I love that really like sort of natural, like effortless look. Give me a Jim Palmer jockey. Ad oh, yes. Any day. Totally. Oh, totally. I used to I rip those out of magazines <laughs> in the library. <laughs> we didn't get those. Oh, magazines. You, were the, you, were, you, were the, you were the library thief. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also there's also the whole world around the movie that I'm kind of fascinated by. So one of the rumors that I think Dolly Parton wrote in her memoir is so many people, it was such a terrible film set basically. And everyone was so miserable making this movie. Oh really? They had, Oh yeah. They had a bumper sticker going around town that said honk. If you've been fired from whorehouse. Wow. Which in LA could mean a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) Am I right? Uh, Am I right? Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody in this town. If you haven't been fired from a whorehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and part of it was just, it was a big budget movie musical and that those had not been performing well. And so there was a lot of pressure and firing the two directors before the movie started, just set a bad tone. Uh-huh. Uh, Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton was personally really unhappy during the making. It was her, the heaviest she'd ever been. And on that new podcast, uh, about her. Oh, which uh, I haven't, I haven't heard. It's amazing. I've, heard I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, Highly yeah. recommend. She actually talks about when the movie ended, she was in such a low place that she, went as far as writing a suicide note. Like that's oh how close she, Lord. that's how close she came to killing herself. That's so crazy that she was her. Cause I thought she was so beautiful in yeah. that movie, but it's gosh, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're in that place, mentally, and yeah. they had to, Burt Reynolds had to pick her up at the end, which I used to make my father do. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, pick me up like Burt Reynolds. Oh. Uh, I don't know what my parents, <laughs> like they, it must've been so strange to have this little creature in small town Texas. Same, same here. I think about things too. And I'm like, my parents were such good sports with me. They're like, all right, Drew, whatever. <laughs> <sighs> but he had to, Burt Reynolds had to pick up Dolly Parton so many times that later it's not, she wasn't faulted with it, but he did end up with a hernia. Oh, wow. At a certain point, shortly after the movie ended. So all of this is happening. His last day of filming apparently was in December. They didn't wrap for another month and change. And then they do, do you know about this? Mm-mm. They do a huge premiere in Austin. I don't know about this at They all. film it and it becomes a TV special called The Best Little Special in Texas. What? And it is. Is it available? Is it on, it's YouTube? on YouTube? Oh, I can't wait. It I must. is okay. Burt Reynolds with a beard. And if you thought Burt Reynolds could not get any sexier, oh. you are sadly mistaken because it's just like, oh, it's like four day stubble. Just uh-huh. like, oh, I'm casual. Mm-hmm. I'm just casual mm-hmm. Burt right now. Not movie star Burt. And then Dolly Parton's wearing like a gingham thing with her breasts out. And who else is there? Like there, it's just a weird group of country performers. Oh, okay. 
but they're all at a barbecue. They've set up tables and picnic chairs and food and barbecue pits. And all of these people are invited to come to the premiere and they're going to sing and dance. And Dolly Parton wrote a song called, I can't remember what it's called now, just for the trailer. And they oh, okay. sing that. I think it's called the best little chicken ranch. Wow. Cause they were probably, were they probably expecting like they were just going to need it for publicity? Like yeah. they didn't think the movie was going to be well, hit. That. Yeah. And also like Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds, two giant stars. Right, like right. let's make them, let's get do as much out of them as we can. Dog and pony show. And then I had no idea that that even existed until recently. No, when I was looking I mean, for a clip. literally learning about it right now. That's crazy. Why don't we do that anymore? I, I know. Where was that for cats? That might've turned the that tide. may have made it better. I know. I got, I, I don't know. This is a sidebar about cats. Like, first of all, <laughs> cats is like the apple. It's so bad. It's, it's a must see. And it's, I found it so much more entertaining than so many other movies this year. But I got so annoyed that the cast of that movie immediately turned on it. Like, you didn't think this was bad when you were making it. And now you're going to like turn on it. And yes. And I got so, so infuriated with James Corden, Rebel Wilson for going on the Oscars and making fun of the visual effects team. It's how about the, the director made a, made yes. a huge mistake. It's not the visual effects people's fault that the, 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 you know, it's like that the movie looks like the way it did. Well, did and you see, you, you know, they released you guys, a statement? What the visual effects, like yeah, the they union released really, a statement. Yes. Good for them. Good for them. And I totally understand it. And it was like, you know, it's like these, these, Stars, or I, I don't know, I, ugh, those two are going to be started on either, either of them, but I don't find them <laughs> at all um, charming. But I, the fact that they did that was so, so cowardly. It's like stand behind your movie, at least like within, or like make fun of your own performance, make fun of yes. something that you did that you can take responsibility for. Don't punch down yes. at, at these people who are masters at what they do. And, you know, because I just found it so like, you're not in on the joke. You really thought you were going to like get an Oscar nomination. Both of you did for doing this movie. Don't even lie. 100. And that's actually what makes great camp. It's why Showgirls is so great because they were going for Oscars when they were making that movie. Yeah. And that's what makes it really, really great. They're not she, winking. It's a commitment. It. Yes. You have to be committed to whatever. Totally. And I think that. I think Bessel Warehouse in Texas borders on camp. So totally. so many moments, but it never tips over into no. it because they are all like having fun. That, yes. And it's so much heart. That's why I can't believe that uh, hearing that it was like a hard set because it feels so easy watching yeah. that movie. It's such an easy movie to watch. It's also yeah. so funny. Yes. It's a funny movie. Yes. And it's endlessly quotable. Yes. I mean, I probably, I make every boyfriend watch this movie because <laughs> otherwise they will have no idea what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> because I just, I pull the deepest cuts and I use it all the time at work. I have a whole bit with uh, one of my coworkers where we do a scene where, and I do it with my mother all the time yeah. too, where it's like, damn, I thought for sure when the sheriff went up to Austin to talk to the governor, we'd get a reprieve. <laughs> what did you say? The whole town's talking about the way he fought for you. Didn't he tell you that? No, 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 we didn't. <laughs> no, we just do it all the time. <laughs> and when they're in the fight and she's like, you use me as your mistress, use Dulcie May as your in-town wife. You even use a little boy of her so you can play weekend daddy. <laughs> and I just, weekend I say that daddy, weekend daddy. I say all the time and no one knows what I am talking about. I do. Now you do. I absolutely yeah, do. You would know. And it's also, it's a good test. If you get a new boyfriend, you're like, watch this. And I'm going to see if you respond. Yeah. It's like, and sometimes know, they don't, and they're and gone. And they don't. They're like, bye. It was nice to meet you. 
Bye. <laughs> that was fun. Bye. <laughs> Go watch Cat. Bye. Don't come back now. Don't you come hear? back now. <laughs> uh, I I hope that. I hope that this inspires more people to watch The Vessel Horse in Texas. I hope so too. And I hope that uh, we're going to find some new friends who also oh, love I The know. Vessel Horse in oh, Texas. It's always a fun, you know, when you find that connection and you're like, oh my God, I love it too. Because it's it's not something that comes up a lot. No, I know. And Charles Durning got an Oscar nomination for it. I mean, when, Truly. Like, we have to I mean, address this. The governor, the guy who was in the movie for five minutes, got nominated for an Oscar for different this Different time. It was a different time. Different time. Well, that was the same. Wasn't it the same year with Leslie Ann Warren for Victor Victoria? Oh, maybe. Or we were around the same was time. Around where she also was nominated. They were... They were wise. Both of those people deserved Oscar nomination. Yeah, Leslie Ann Warren is brilliant in oh my Victor God. Victoria. I'm horny. Oh my God. <laughs> the best. But apparently. But they don't do that anymore. It makes me crazy. Like for these, for comedies and musicals, they think, well, that's not valid for no. awards consideration. I'm like, these are brilliant Where are the tears? Yeah. Where are the tears? Right. Apparently, they wanted Mickey Rooney to play the governor. Really? Can you imagine? No, that would have been horrible. And Kurt Reynolds said, look, no. <laughs> Colin, here's the thing. Charles Durning is my buddy. And he can sing and dance. Nobody knows that. So if you cast him, you're going to get credit for the performance. Oh, absolutely. Because he was such a heavy. I mean, he was yeah. always doing these, like, really dramatic, you know, like, you know, um, I was think. I mean, you know, he's always in those, like, those 70s, like, you know, hardcore. Yeah. He wasn't, though, hardcore was George C. Scott. But, like, those kind of movies, like, where you were just always, like, watching him just be, like, just so... You know, um, and then um, When a Stranger Calls, was he in that? I think he was in that. I don't know. I think about like movies from my childhood. Charles Durning was always like so serious. And then he turns up in this movie and that's why he got the nomination because they're like, oh, wow, he's really funny and bright and he gets it. His timing was great and he's dancing and singing. Yes. And And it's a fun song. Yeah. Until you realize that it's over. Yeah. And they are shut down. Oh yeah, permanently and finally. And he's, and he's just he's just like a politician. He's not going to help you. He's just going to say what you need to hear and move on. But yeah. then they get their happy ending. Yeah, and I love that they get a happy ending. Yeah, and the stage show they don't right. No, and they're like, not even like they're both alone. Yeah, they they're she also sings much the bus older. from Amarilla and then they just leave. Oh yeah, think, yeah. Oh, the bus. That's a good song too. Yeah, it is beautiful. Uh, well, Drew, thank you so much. Thank you so much for Mark. talking this about so this much movie. Fun. I uh, could talk about this forever. I, I love this movie. Truly. I, yes. there was a, there was a version of this conversation that just started with the first frame and was <laughs> oh, just like mystery science. We could watch the movie and do the commentary to the whole thing. <laughs> you know what? For the Blu-ray release. <laughs> there you go. Let's, I'm going to cut. I'm going to make some calls and please send me the extended uh, oh, yeah. sliding under legs. Yeah, towel I scene. will. I, I mean, it's great. too long. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank me. You, Mark. And listeners, y'all come back now, you hear? This episode of Movie Musical Madness was edited by Kyle Moore with theme music by Sunshine Music. And thank you for listening to Movie Musical Madness, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about the podcast and me at bpn.fm slash movie musical madness. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.